A series of competing legal rulings over the FDA's authorization of a drug used in medication abortions will likely head to the Supreme Court. The Biden administration proposes extending ACA and Medicaid benefits to immigrants brought into the United States illegally as children. And a new study finds that people with long COVID report greater struggles with accessing and affording health care. It's Friday, April 14th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The legal fight over the Food and Drug Administration's authorization of a widely used drug used in medication abortions will likely quickly reach the Supreme Court after a series of conflicting rulings over the last week put the drug's status in limbo. Since 2000, the drug Mifepristone has had FDA approval for its use in a two-pill regimen known broadly as the abortion pill. In November of last year, a coalition of anti-abortion groups led by the Alliance for Defending Freedom, filed a lawsuit in federal court challenging the FDA's authorization of mifepristone, alleging that the agency did not adequately review its safety risks. On Friday of last week, Judge Matthew Kaczmarek of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas issued an injunction directing the FDA to stay mifepristone's approval while the lawsuit challenging the safety and approval of the drug continues. However, Kaczmarek did not immediately put his ruling into effect, and the DOJ filed an appeal to his decision on Monday. On Wednesday night, the New Orleans-based Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the FDA's authorization of mifepristone could stand, but it also imposed significant restrictions impacting access to the drug. These include deciding that only qualified physicians can dispense the pill and that patients must obtain it in person, not by mail, and that the pill can only be taken during the first seven weeks of pregnancy, not 10, which is the time frame the FDA originally approved. In response, the Department of Justice announced that it is seeking emergency Supreme Court intervention to block that appellate court ruling while it fast-tracks its appeal. While this fight was unfolding in the southern United States, another court was issuing its own ruling on mifepristone. In February, a coalition of 17 Democratic-led states and the District of Columbia also sued the FDA. However, this suit challenged the agency's restrictions on the drug, which the suit said is safer than a common over-the-counter pain relief medication. Last Friday, within an hour of Kazmarek's ruling, 
Washington state-based federal judge Thomas Rice ruled that the FDA could not make any changes that would restrict the drug in the states that brought suit. And late yesterday, in an apparent bid to compel the Supreme Court to act quickly, Judge Rice then issued a new ruling compelling the FDA to preserve access to mifepristone in these 17 states and D.C., irrespective of the Fifth Circuit's decision. As the FDA now faces competing judicial orders, it appears the Supreme Court has no choice but to step in. The Biden administration announced a plan on Thursday that would widen access to Affordable Care Act, Medicaid, and CHIP coverage for immigrants who were brought to the United States illegally as children. Under the plan, the Department of Health and Human Services would amend the definition of lawful presence in the U.S. to include Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program recipients. The program is better known as DACA. Currently, the ACA marketplaces have been closed to DACA recipients. However, they may be eligible to apply for emergency Medicaid, which pays for emergency medical treatment for people who meet their state's Medicaid eligibility requirements, but not citizenship and immigration status requirements. There are roughly 580,000 DACA recipients, and the Department of Health and Human Services estimates that around 34 percent of that group do not have health insurance coverage. Unlike most proposed rules that have lengthy public comment periods, White House officials said in a statement that they expect to finalize the rule by the end of the month. Adults with long COVID experience greater struggles to access and pay for care, according to a recent study published in JAMA Network Open. A recent survey conducted by researchers at the Urban Institute included nearly 9,500 adults who self-reported long COVID, also known as PCC, which stands for post-COVID conditions. The report defined PCC as experiencing symptoms more than four weeks after first having COVID-19 that could not be explained by another condition or factor. Symptoms include shortness of breath, cognitive dysfunction, fatigue, and body aches. One in five adult survey respondents reported having these symptoms for at least four weeks. The survey found that adults with PCC were more likely than those with a COVID diagnosis but not long-term symptoms, as well as those who were never diagnosed with COVID-19, to report having unmet health needs because of cost and because of difficulties finding a provider accepting new patients. Researchers found that nearly one in four respondents with PCC reported problems paying family medical bills within the last 12 months and had past due medical debt. That's compared to fewer than one in six adults without PCC reporting similar issues. The researchers wrote that the survey did have limitations, namely restricting self-reported PCC to respondents with a COVID-19 diagnosis or a positive test. However, they note that challenges affording and accessing health care for adults could hinder their long-term health as well as their ability to work. They recommended accelerating the development of PCC treatments, providing more training to providers, and addressing insurance-related administrative and cost barriers.
This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The GIST Healthcare podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.